I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. And the award goes to... What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, you want me to start in on him right now? Go you for You just it. told me I, I can't... No, you just told me don't go too hard. I said... It. No, 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 no. I said let's be let's be positive on this podcast, and... Uh, but uh, I'm just going to open the floor for you to do your ESPYs thing because it is warranted. It is definitely a warranted rant. What kind of what is the ESPYs trying to do? Like that that's what I don't understand. Like if you if you're going to make nominations for awards, hey, the soccer team was amazing. Awesome moment. That's literally definitely while I was watching. Yes, there's there's so no weirdness that they only won three days ago and they won today, right? Nothing weird about that. There's if they lost, but they still have won. I don't know. I'm not saying. I'm not here to say, but. <laughs> It was great that they won. Love it. Love the women's soccer team. I am kind of curious on who would have won that award if they didn't win the World Cup. Um, In three days. <laughs> anyway, I watch the ESPYs every year. I was tweeting about it, and people were like, hey, who cares about the ESPYs? I watch it every year. I enjoy it. And, like, it's it's sports, and I'm going to watch stuff with sports. And so I was watching the red carpet stuff when I got home from work, all this different stuff. And the very first award, somebody tweeted at me and said, look at the nominations for the best breakthrough athlete. And I honestly didn't believe it because I'm like, this makes absolutely no sense. And so the very first award of the night, best breakthrough athlete nominations. And it's like Saquon Barkley, two other people that I I can't, I don't know off the top of my head. And when I saw them on the screen, I, I knew who they were. And then Trey Young. How on God's green earth is Trey Young nominated for a best breakthrough athlete when he didn't even get three votes for his the only award that he should have like won in his mind in the rookie of the year? Like Luka Doncic, how he was not even And you no can't sense. you can't even say the oh well, you know, Luka didn't have to break through. He was already a champion in, you know, in in Europe. Trey Young was a breakthrough athlete in college. Like that year when he had that crazy year, that should have been the year he was breakthrough. And Saquon Barkley was the favorite yes. to win rookie of the year the entire season. So it's not like he came from nowhere, right? Like that's not the rationale. It doesn't even make sense. Saquon Barkley and Luka Doncic are much more alike in their sports yes. than Saquon Barkley and Trey Young. Trey Young, like it, it is. I bet, my, I bet Saquon Barkley's thighs are bigger than Trey Young's torso. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So anyway, I was I was pretty frustrated about. It. I'm like, okay, sure, I'll I'm not gonna give you a pass, but my understandable. They're still trying I, to figure. I just can't believe Tracy Morgan would do that to Luka Doncic, though, right? Like he came up with all these awards, right? I didn't think Tracy Morgan was funny at all either. Can we hey. have your boy back, the Netflix comedian Hassan? Can we get yeah, Hassan Minaj? This, let's get this guy, man. He was the funniest thing. Tracy I love Morgan. Hassan. Anyway. So then the the awards are going on. I'm enjoying. It. I'm cooking. I'm cooking dinner and all this stuff. And all why are you laughing? Because I'm cooking make? dinner. What'd you make? I made some mac and cheese. I grilled some chicken. I fixed some green beans. That's nice. Get off my cooking, Nick. You cook shaming me? Um, no, not at all. 
That sounds good. Hey, you, you've had some of my grilling out. I enjoy it. It was grill. very good. No, <laughs> it was very hospitable, and it was very good. I so I'm, I'm enjoying my dinner, and all of a sudden, I about choke on this chicken because they do this moment where it's best moment in which they're honoring three athletes who are retiring from their sports. Rob Gronkowski, Lindsey Vaughn, and Dwayne Wade. Overrated. What? Uh, what? <laughs> I just start laughing. I'm like, how dare? Okay, the only explanation for any of this. Okay, I, the Luka thing's frustrating, but it's like, okay, he's a young athlete, and if they don't want to give him props, still stupid, but whatever. The Dirk thing, there's no explanation for that. The None. only explanation is if they reached out to Dirk and said, we want to give you this award, and Dirk's like, hey, I don't want it. I'm in a freaking other part of the world right now and get off me. But even that, I feel like he at least should be mentioned. How you can honor Wade and not Dirk when Dirk is the better all-time player than him? How like, you can what? honor Gronkowski and Dirk? Like that, that does not even come. Like, Gronkowski is the equivalent of honoring, like, Clay Thompson over over Dirk, right? Like he was good, right? He's a really good player, but he wasn't like the one of the best players of all time. I'm just we like our our guy Tim McMahon, Pease Peasley on the radio. Love you guys from ESPN, but I was so pissed at ESPN tonight. Like what the ESPYS and everything. Can't believe Tim McMahon would do that to our guy Dirk. <laughs> Tim McMahon. Anyway, I was very frustrated with that. So I share your frustration, Mads fans, if you're watching. It's dumb. It's stupid. Will you vow to never watch the ESPYs again? No, no. I'll watch it again. (laughs) Then they've already won, Isaac. Because then Luca's going to win, like, best male athlete. Do you subscribe to ESPN Plus? I read it, but I do not subscribe to it. Ooh. You had insiders, though, right? When it was inside. Oh yeah, for sure. Because I gave big them fan. all your I'm money, a- Isaac, and now they took it. And what did they do to it? They discredited Dirk, and they didn't honor him. I know. I gotta take it back now. I'm. A, that's that's why I can't give any of my money towards gear for Liverpool. Because Le- LeBron owns it. <laughs> LeBron gets a cent every single hey, time. Hey guys, Ars- <laughs> Arsenal is out. We're wow. down between Everton and Chelsea. So we waited six minutes to get into that. Sorry, sorry to the one guy who tweeted at us and said, can you please wow, not talk about soccer shots, shots at the beginning of the podcast? Can you not talk about soccer? We waited six minutes for you. There you go. We gave you six minutes. There you All go. Right, on the podcast today, we're going to be talking about a lot of random things happened in the Mavericks land today. Actual things happened. Yesterday, it felt like nothing happened. Today, actual things happened. Um, so Seth Curry and Maxi Kleba have signed. They are official. They are absolutely Mavericks. Seth Curry... Um, Posted back, Seth. On it, post, posted on his Instagram three pictures of himself in a Mavs jersey and said, no Photoshop necessary. <laughs> Just Clever. so great. Love that. Um, it's like KCP going back to Lakers. <sighs> I guess we have to talk about the Mavs trade exception. Hey, KCP and Seth Curry are making the same amount of money, right? Okay, the 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 Laker film room guy, Pete Zayas, my friend, talked about um, the KCP thing and and I think I agree with them. I think that they told him that they would give him more money if he waited. Hmm, sure. Which Seth is, Curry's which better is than him. not great, but still, that's an explanation at least. Because there was no explanation for the number they gave him. <laughs> um, and so we'll talk about the trade exception, I guess. Ugh, I'm learning new things about the cap every day. Which is, well, you know. We refuse to. Yeah, well, there's bits and pieces of it. Yeah, anyway. Well. So then we'll talk about the Summer League game a little bit. Um, some random things happen in the summer league game that I want to get to. And then Mark Cuban was on Sirius. 
uh, XM Radio, the NBA shows. I don't know any of the NBA shows. Like, you could just say that any single name, like, give me two names, like a first and a last name. You could say he's a host on Sirius NBA Radio, and I'd be like, okay. I have yeah. no idea who hosts on there. And I am, I probably know more media people, like NBA media people than, like, Way maybe than anyone. Do. There's, there's no, I don't know any people on there. Who listens to Sirius? I have no idea who <laughs> listens to that. Tweet us if you listen to that, uh, but do not stop listening to this podcast. So we'll talk about Cuban's comments. He had some really interesting comments about the way the Mavericks free agency went down. And so we will uh, mm. try to rationalize some of those and talk about them and try and figure out what he was trying to say. So Isaac, Seth Curry yes. is signed. Maxi Kleba is now signed. That's one restricted free agent. So we knew Seth was going to get signed. We were surprised he didn't get signed on Monday or Tuesday, but it happened on Wednesday. And so that was that was done. That was you know not part of the twenty two million in cap. Then all of a sudden Maxi gets, mm. or then all of a sudden they bring in Delon Wright, and they did that. So then we had fourteen million, and then they bring in Maxi, and now the cap space is gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's what we've been talking about the past few days. Of you know we were expecting the Seth thing to happen at any moment because that didn't affect you know that took it down to the fourteen million in cap space. But like we've been saying the whole time. They had to wait on these restricted guys because the moment they start signing, making these restricted guys official, cap space starts shrinking. So the minute I got that, I mean, that press release email of yeah. Maxi being officially signed, I was like, oh, like, hey, I'm super happy for him. I'm so excited. It was just that means the cap space is dwindling some. I have two explanations for this. One. The Mavericks looked at all the options, the Westbrook trades, all that stuff, and they said there's nothing really we can do with our cap space, so let's just go ahead and sign him. Two, Maxi's rent was due, and he needed to get them checks. And so he just was like, hey, can we push this along? Maxi's like, I'm about to leave the country again. Yeah. Right, can we get this done? No, I mean, I, I think, you know, like Tim McMahon been reported that they've been, you know, holding off on some of this. They want to see, you know, like – us and plenty of people are saying like how they funny want to see- was that Tim McMahon tweet today where he was like the Mavs are holding off on some of these and then like two hours later they were like sign Maxi Cleaver he goes well never mind <laughs> well yeah and I you know the, waiting to see what this Westbrook situation looks yeah. like I mean with the Heat I mean everybody's just saying the Heat you know right now so could Dallas get involved with that with at that fourteen million mark you know they're there are a handful of those players in on Miami you know, Miami's roster from Kelly Olenek to waiters to, you know, justice Winslow, like all of those guys would fall into that 14 million mark. So the moment they go underneath that, it kind of takes all of those guys out as far as just absorbing them. So yeah, it was kind of like a chain of events over a couple of hours. It could have been a closer time that made you want or made you just well, think about the Westbrook situation more. One, Dallas signed Maxi, so immediately took their 14. We're going to, for this conversation right now, here in a second, we'll talk about the trade exception. For this conversation, it took, you know, Maxi's $8 million new contract, or, you know, it, not extension, but new contract this year takes the $14 million down to $6 million. And so at that point, it takes them out of the running to be the third team to absorb one of those contracts from yeah. Miami. And then two, Miami signed Tyler Hero today to his rookie deal. So yeah. therefore, they can't trade him right now. So now there are a couple of people saying, too, could OKC even get Bam or Hero in the deal? Probably not because, I mean, 
Westbrook's contract, it, it's not going to, it's, it might make some OKC fans, you know, pretty upset when they're not going to get one of, you know, those young guys or something like that. So Miami and them could still do a deal. It's just Tyler Hero's not going to be in it probably. So that's what you immediately want look at it and say, or is the deal off? How's the talks going? Is it just mean that, you know, Dallas is pulled out at this point and said, you know what? Because when the Maxi email hit, you wondered, all right, is the Dorian email about to hit too? Yeah. Then the Porzingis, Porzingis email, man. and then we're setting up the press conferences and all this different stuff. But then it didn't, and it was just the Maxi one. So that's where that's where it kind of sets with the Miami situation. Dallas, as it stands right now, can't you know absorb one of those Atlantic waiters, Justice Winslow uh, type of situations. So they're out of it that way. Now the other route that they can take. With Maxi's, you know, Maxi's contract and all that stuff, Bobby Marks laid it out pretty simple in, in an ESPN thing today. Yeah, he laid it out. So uh, I know I made that big deal about the trade exception <laughs> before everything. Uh, apparently, you can take players into your cap space, uh, but if they're your own players, apparently you can take them into your cap space if uh, and keep the trade exception. I think that was the thing that I didn't know because. What happened was they brought Seth in. Seth's part of the mid he's mid-level exception. They brought him in. Boban is the uh the room exception. He's most of the room exception is what what they brought him in with. Uh and then Delon Wright was brought in with the the trade exception. So they used the trade exception to take in Delon Wright. The Mavs acted I think I think Boban would be the biannual, but biannual exception. Okay, there's so many exceptions. I know it's weird. So um the Mavs are acting as an over-the-cap team, and so they get these exceptions, and then they are able to keep their trade exception because they didn't use their cap space for any of these players, right? <laughs> that's that's well, where well, that's where I didn't understand that before, and that's why I thought you had to renounce it, renounce the trade exception to use your cap space. You did on new players, if I, if I'm correct, and I again I've been wrong so many times on this stuff, but yeah, that's and, how they're doing and, it. So now that they we, keep 12 million of that trade exception. When we were throwing out the exception stuff, they would have had to waive the exception to bring in a max contract player. So that was the biggest yes. big thing of they couldn't have signed Kimball Walker and then said, we're going to hold the exception and carry on half of it and all this different stuff. It, it was an either or. Our expectations were so high weeks ago. Hey, we're going to talk about that before the end of this podcast with <laughs> Cuban's comments because I'm I'm fired up about that too. But So uh, so that is what happened. So, yes, the Mavericks do still have a trade exception. However, it still kind of worked the same way that it would have worked if the Mavs had just you know, renounced it, except for now they get to take the trade exception into the season, and it lasts for a year. So it lasts until to the, whenever the Barnes trade was, which was, I guess was the trade deadline last year, right? Uh, yes. So, yeah, that that's the, that's the different routes they can take at this point because if they operate as the team over the cap and they put Seth into that exception, they put Bobon into that exception – it takes the it take and they're they're bringing in Delon Wright not into cap space but they're bringing in Delon Wright into that twenty twenty one point something million dollar trade exception the biggest trade exception in NBA history at the time Isaac For, yeah at the time now it's beat by somebody Memphis or Atlanta or somebody um, but anyway so the Delon Wright number comes into that exception taking down the exception down to down to eleven point eight let's just say twelve million dollars so. 
in, in a weird world, it's not that big of a trade-off because if you were just going to use the cap space to absorb a contract, then okay, it was 14 million. Now the trade exception is going to be right at like 12 million. So it's about a $2 million difference, but that $2 million difference means, you know, one of those heat guys there, you know, that, that can't go into that cap space. So Dallas probably looked at it and said, Hey, no matter what happens with the Westbrook thing, we don't want a Lennox waiters, you know, one of those guys. So if we sign Maxi now, we can, our exception, you know, will go down to that $12 million exception in which we'll carry until the trade deadline this year. They can set on that. They can absorb a player into it. They can use that however they want to use it this season. So that's, that's kind of where the exception sets at this moment. Now we're not even factoring Courtney Lee into any of these situations because Courtney Lee's still on the books for that $12 million expiring contract. If they're, if they're not going to make another move this summer, then they should just keep that, that contract on the books. Some people have tweeted us and said, all right, what about waving a stretch? At this point, there's no reason to wave and stretch that. You don't, there's no reason to put him on it. Like you keep the expiring contract. Don't wave him you know, or buy him out or something like that, because that comes really helpful in trades and matching salary. Yeah. So you bring him into camp and all this different stuff and hold on to it. You never know. But the other route that we can take is if if Max, are you gonna say something? Yeah, I was just gonna take a I was just gonna take a quick break, and uh, and when we come back, we'll discuss the other route that Mavericks could take. There's so many different routes they could take to still add talent to this team, and uh, we'll talk about that after this. All right, Isaac. So we talked about the trade exception route that they're that they're taking right now. Um, they keep that trade exception now into the season, and now let's talk about the other route. Well, the other route just to add talent right now is if it's kind of what we've been saying all along, what can you do with Courtney Lee's contract? Could you, could you flip Courtney Lee's, you know, double digit expiring contract for another double digit expiring contract in the league that could help you more than what Courtney Lee, you know, could. So Maxi signs, we've been saying all along, if they use, if they sign the restricted guys, then it's going to take up all the space. So, only Maxi is the restricted guy who 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 is made official today. Not Dorian and not Kristaps. So Maxi goes into the cap space at his eight million dollars for this coming season. Therefore, taking the cap space from fourteen million down to six million. So with that six million, then you can kind of offset what Courtney Lee can possibly get you. So take the six million dollars, combine it with Courtney Lee's twelve million dollars, and is there a player out there? that is making anywhere from 12 to 17, you know, million dollars that's on it or, you know, any type of player that you could bring in and attach a few picks and say, Hey, let's bring him in there. So that's another route that you could watch out for Dallas exploring over the next few days, as long as they hold off on Finney Smith or Chris Tops, because that was like what we were talking about before. Like, all right, well, why Maxi and not the other two restricted guys? And in this case, you could still entertain other trades with the Courtney Lee contract, you know, attached to that. But the moment Dorian signs or Kristaps signs, it takes all of that out of the book because then all then the rest of your cap space is gone, and you you are going into the season with just the exception. Yep, it's a lot of weird, yeah, a lot different routes and all that stuff. But either way, the taking Delon right into the that's the biggest thing. Them taking Delon right into that trade exception instead of taking him into the cap space. That is that's what alters some of this stuff. So yeah, that's that's one of the routes that Dallas could go. I mean, I, we just got to see 
we'll have a definitive route Dallas will go with their cap situation and, and roster situation once Dorian and Kristaps signs. So a player that's still out there right now that could be on the move that we've talked about a lot is Andre Iguodala. Uh, and before we were recording, you are talking about a way that the Mavs could get Andre Iguodala uh, that kind of works pretty easily with, with Maxi on the books still. Yeah, well, I mean, Iguodala is an example of it because he makes like $17 million and he he's like we've talked about in this pod for a lot of weeks and we would love his fit, but like he is, I'm trying to think of another example of a guy out there. Like if Mo Harkless was available or, you know, just another veteran out there around that. If you want to do um, not, well, Alan Crabb makes like 18.5, but like a, a, one of those guys, a, a wing that makes around that 16 to $18 million mark, that you could, you know, call up one of these teams and said, "Hey, we'll give you Courtney Lee, and then we'll give you a couple second round picks if you'll flop that contract in, because then you could bring that, you could flop those two, flip those two contracts because you still have that extra six million dollars in, in, in cap space to bring them on." So you mentioned Andre Iguodala; he's making around that seventeen mark. Courtney Lee makes the twelve mark. So if you traded both of those guys, you still have the six million in cap space. That so not to be confusing, but Courtney Lee's 12 plus your 6 million in cap space equals 18. You trade for Andre Iguodala, 17 goes right into that 18. You do it for Mo Harkless, who makes, you know, over 10, you know, a little over 10. You know, it, it goes into that. I, Mo Harkless is a bad example, but another veteran out there around that $15 million mark that's an expiring contract. You, know, you could theoretically do the, you know, do the exact same thing with that too. You, I mean, in a, in a, in a theoretical sense, you could still do that in in the Miami situation too. Like if you wanted to bring in a Kelly Olenek, who I mean, what's Olenek? It's like twelve something, right? They could, they might just be able to bring that in at the trade exception, or just straight up for Courtney well, Lee, but that doesn't do anything for him. <laughs> yeah, with, with the trade exception, you can't add anything to it. So I think the trade exception is like eleven point eight or something. But like no, Kelly, Kelly has Olenek, it at twelve. But okay, okay. But I think so, Olenek well, still like, even makes more than that. Olenek's at twelve point six. So yeah, if so, how can they swap the you know too? If since they're still operating with cap space, that's even. Let's just say they want to do James Johnson. They'll say, hey, we'll take James Johnson. They can still take James Johnson in a in a trade if somebody will take Courtney Lee because then you still have that six. James Johnson makes fifteen point three. You make the trade, Courtney Lee, in two seconds. You know to OKC, you take on James Johnson because you still have that six million in cap space. But at that at that Lee. point, that someone else should just take court just to just take James Johnson, right? Like I don't I don't know how that benefits another team at that point. You're just bringing the Mavs in for no reason. Well, I I mean, Jan, like if you're OKC, James Johnson has a player option for the season after that for 16. So if they're looking at it and saying, hey, we'd rather have Courtney Lee because he's expiring, expiring this year, yeah. and Dallas is like, hey, James Johnson would actually be a, a you know a decent part of our team, and we'll pay him another year after this. So then OKC should get the it. Mavs seconds then. Yeah, yeah, in that scenario, yes, yes, in that scenario you could. So there's still options for them to improve this team as long as Dorian and and Kristaps have not signed yet. But that's yeah, there's a lot of different routes Dallas can go. It gets really confusing. My my mouth's getting dry just talking about all the different routes right now. <laughs> there's so many. All right, so let's move on to the uh, summer league. The Mavs dismantled the Croatian team. Um, and if you guys watch the broadcast, I just want to give a shout out to the play-by-play man. He's my guy, Jimmy Cook, who I have uh, – he was my roommate whenever we went to these Adidas events in New York and South Carolina. 
and uh, where's the other place we went to? Oh, Dallas, a uh, couple others that I went to. But yeah, I, I've 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 traveled with him. I've I've called games with him, Adidas, you know, gauntlet games. Uh, and he was on the call today with Fran Fraschilla on the Mavs game, and I was super proud of him. And I was just, it was, it's really cool to see somebody actually make it or uh, or do something super cool like that. And uh, man, he has put in a ton of work. He went to, uh, he he's done Adidas Nations, he's done the Adidas Gauntlet Circuit. He went overseas and did some games with the Adidas Circuit. Uh, he's just been grinding and uh, and doing all these different games and calling games, and he's super good at it. Uh, and yeah, and Fran Fraschilla had some crazy stories to tell on the broadcast today, which were awesome. Friend, friend, friend of the pod, Fran Fraschilla. Yes, who has been on this podcast before. I, I met him at, yes. at Summer League a couple years ago and got, got him on this podcast. We talked about Ding. <laughs> ding. ding. I love Fran. Fran's one of the best in the business. I, I have a, uh, yeah, I'm, I know one of his sons and they are, yeah, cool, cool family. And Fran's uh, one, literally one of the best in the business in the NBA. So the Mavericks, uh, they got to play some of their their bench guys a little bit more because this game was a little a little lopsided. We're still not getting 15 minutes from from Costas, and I'm I'm not sure what to I think mean, about. He was at the ESPYS tonight, so that's true. But their game was pretty early in the day, and Vegas to to LA right is not that far. Yeah, it's not bad. Like he could have dri- he could have driven there with his bros. All the bro Tentacumpos were there. They were at the game. They were sitting courtside. All of them were oh, there. Oh well, they were there. At, oh yeah, they probably just went together then, yeah. or they took the drive. Or they probably took a chopper. The the bro tenta- get to the chopper. The, the hella tentacumpo. <laughs> uh, Josh Reeves is still having some great games. Yeah, um, and yeah. and uh, man, I would not be surprised if he was brought in as one of those two ways. I don't know who they would replace, but uh, Josh Reeves is having some really good games. Yeah, his shot his shot has been you know better than I thought it would be too. I mean, he went. Two for four on three. That was one of his biggest question marks at Penn State. Keep, just, and, just keep hitting two threes every game, Josh. Just keep hitting them. That's <laughs> all we want you to do. And, man, if he does like that, he is so good defensively. I've been so impressed with yeah. him. Just his activity. And uh, these are all guys that, that are trying thing, his super activity. hard in the summer yes, league. Th- and uh, and sometimes you can just be active and you can get a lot of uh, stuff in the summer league because people will make mistakes. Like Lots of dudes will make mistakes in the summer league. And Josh Reed's yes. just taking advantage of all of them with his activity and just staying focused. And that's what that's what coaches and that's what Carlisle loves to see more than anything. That's why Dorian got so many minutes his rookie year. That's why that's why Dwight Powell is still on the team. Yes. <laughs> right? Like his activity. He loves those type of guys. Because he's not just good at defense. He is super active and his motor is amazing. And, and that's, that's what makes him good at defense, though. I mean, defense is, yeah. is what, effort? And what was the question? Uh there's the SI kid reporter that asked that that coach. Uh, at the oh, final yeah. four, that, Frank, remember that question, Frank Martin? Frank yeah. Martin. He was like, "So, how do you teach defense? Is it more, you know, effort based, or is it more like, uh, what was it? What was this question? Like skill or something? Yeah, skill." And he was like, "He said that is the greatest question I've ever heard in my time." <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Reeves is gonna. I mean, he's on that Exhibit Ten deal. It can turn into yeah. a two way. How you know, right now, Macon and Costas are in uh, are in those two way spots. You have. You know Reeves and Tony's Cleveland, Isaiah Roby. You know they could theoretically, you know, extend all of this into training camp because you yeah. know on top they're at 14 players under contract right now. You and then you invite 20 to camp. So and then you could have those other five guys, you know, for 15 to 20 fight for and, the two way spots. Fight for the two way spots. So you could have Cleveland, Roby, you know, Reeves, Macon. 
and then you know whoever you want to sign with that last spot but you know that yeah that and don't think that Roby going to a two-way spot is like a super bad thing because it, that that happens a draft pick can go into a two-way spot I think the Lakers are probably about to do it with Taylor Horton, Horton Tucker yeah they just have he so can, many dudes you know. right now yeah, to where you know these second. Now, what happens is a lot of these, a lot of times, you know, agents for these second round picks they don't want that, <laughs> and they don't want they want that guaranteed you know money as, as a second round pick. They don't want them to go into a two way spot. That's and all what that your stuff, guy but, wanted to do. What is it, Terrence Davis or Terrence Mann? One of those two forced himself. Yeah, Terrence at- Davis he freaking yeah. went to Toronto, man, and he killed it in summer league. I love that guy. He he wanted to go undrafted though because he didn't want to get picked in the second yeah. round. It's wild. Yeah. That's why player empowerment. Let's go. I'm all about it. Uh, also, maybe the biggest, the biggest development <laughs> in the summer league game on the sidelines. Ooh. Many people were witness to this. I'm ready. Rick Carlisle. Oh, there's no telling. In conversation. Oh, oh, oh. With one of the greatest players of our generation. The MVP of the league, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and a free agent, oh, and not one but yeah. two summers. Hello, Giannis. And I think Do the Mavericks are gonna to... have space that summer, right? Rick's like, have you ever flown in an airplane driven <laughs> by <laughs> driven by me? I'll hey, fly. Does, a, I'll uh, fly my plane to Greece. Can uh, can Coach Bud? Can he? Can he pilot a plane? Because uh, you know <laughs> I can. Can uh, can Coach Bud play the piano? Because you know because uh, you know I can. Do you like hot dogs? I'll let you get any has, hot dog you want at halftime. Here's the here's the one. Has, hey, uh, Giannis, a little close. Has uh, has Coach Bud ever won an NBA championship? Yeah, that Larry Ob. That's what we're talking about right here. You see this? He pulls the ring out of his pocket and puts it on his finger. This could all be yours. Look at this. This is real. <laughs> this could be yours, Giannis. In not one but two summers, we're here. We're waiting. Kristaps. Completely fine. Not injured at all. Completely sane individual. Love him. He's the best. His balance. We've been improving his balance. Luka Doncic, did you just not see what he did? Yes. No. Would Luka take the ball away from you? No. It'll be in your hands all the time. (laughs) It'll just be great. It's a perfect fit for you. Hey, guess what? We've been developing your brother Kostas. You know what? I think he might be better than you. Yeah, I think think you're right about that. Anyway, it's good talking to you, Giannis. Uh, We'll see you in two years. He's like, all right. Well, you have Eric Bledsoe. Well, have have a good day. <laughs> Just throw shade on Eric Bledsoe out the door. <laughs> is uh, that's good. Is yeah. the is the Bucks owner on TV all the time? Is he does he have a uh, animal based title for his TV show? No, I don't. It's like, listen, Giannis, do you have a Shark Tank idea? I'll just get you on the <laughs> show right now. All right, <laughs> don't care. Oh man, um, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, there's obviously a relationship there because. Yeah, look, Kostas is, you know, we're investing the time in Kostas for Giannis. I can't believe we got we let Thanasis get away. There's a roster spot, guys. Come on. I know. Hey, they still have a younger brother coming up. Alex. They gotta, yeah, they got to position themselves to get in on that. That'd be so funny if their two two-way spots are, are Alex and, and Kostas. Both of them. <laughs> the Bucks-Mavs games would just be the Antetokounmpo show. Yes. Because you know yes. they bring them both up. Oh, man. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, let's talk about Cuban's comments on Sirius XM NBA, whatever the heck they call it. Radio. All right, Isaac. So, Mark Cuban was on 
uh, he did an interview <laughs> serious and let's just um, call it the radio he did, he did an did interview with radio. he did an interview with the radio just him and the radio that was it this is an old ham radio that he talked to and he said a couple things that were interesting mm-hmm. um Kemba he was did. the number one target i feel like we knew that right but he kind of mm-hmm. he confirmed it that that was for sure their number one target that was their you know for going for for going for everything and for trying for the best we we think we can get uh, they weren't shooting for for Kawhi. They weren't waiting around for Kawhi. They weren't waiting around for Durant to take a meeting. Like they, they weren't messing with any of that. They're just going straight for Kemba. Kind of like, yeah. I mean, if those guys are like the A plus free agents, Kemba's like an A minus or like a B plus, right? Like he's he's right there. But they they shot for more realistic guy, and uh, and Kemba was apparently interested until Boston became available. Yeah. And uh, so he was their number one target. I mean, we kind of knew what, that the Mavericks had plans. Did is that stop? I thought Twitter told me that Dallas was unprepared, that da- Mavericks couldn't have – They there's no way they had plans in free agency. I mean, they just sat on their hands, right? I mean, that's what fans told me. Their plan went like this. After Kemba went to Boston, their first call was to DeLon Wright. Are you okay with this? Yeah, well, we have to focus on the Horford thing real quick because he okay, said he yeah, admitted. Yeah, yeah we, we had to – because – him admitting this, I love how honest he was about this. I, I wanted to tweet about this tonight, but I just I didn't feel like arguing with people. But the fact that he said he literally said he said we didn't expect Al Horford to opt out. Nobody, Nobody did. did. That was a shocker. So if you put two, start putting the pieces together. This isn't super hard. We talked about this what four or five podcasts ago. I mean, we've been doing pods every freaking day for like eighteen thousand weeks. Wow! Wow! But wow! Wow! The, the, wow! They're all like running together. But when we went on that whole thing about you can never predict what's about to happen, we talked about like Miritich going to Barcelona and how could that could trade Utah, you know, change Utah's plans, go out for Boyan and all this stuff. And we talked about this situation, how Dallas had their sights on Kimba. And if you start piecing the things together, you piece together what Mitch Kupchak said about the luxury tax and, you know, just his whole demeanor, that thing. It looked like they were already losing him. And then you you look at like Kimba leaving. Kimba signed for a max contract with Boston, the same amount of money that Dallas could have offered. Then you start piecing together the connections with Dallas. Dallas is going after him. Jeff Schwartz and all this different stuff. Like there was probably a really really good chance that Dallas thought it was in the back. Like going into free agency, going into that final week, that Dallas thought this was it. Like Kimba's leaving. He's coming to Dallas. It's on the board. It's set. Then out of nowhere, the Al Horford thing rocks everything and not just it rocking everything but it provided kimba holy crap i'm from new york i went to yukon boston's close to up there i mean you super close to you know celtics and yukon all that stuff i can go back up there be join a contender in the east and step into a role that's already carved out for me perfectly and it was just too good to be true. They swooped in at the, you know, at the, if you want to say last moment in this final week, and it just rocked Dallas's world. Like, if that, if Al Horford doesn't opt out, out of the $30 million that no one thought he was going to opt out of, like, Dallas could be sitting with Kimball Walker right now, and the fan base is like, oh my gosh, this is the craziest offseason ever, blah, 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 blah. But that changed everything. And as a result, then fans go out and say, y'all wasn't prepared. Y'all didn't do anything. Y'all didn't have any plans. This was so dumb. Y'all we were always losing the I'm big like, names. I'm like, wow, who would have ever thought the Dallas could have had plans? And then it just uh, at the last moment, it's just everything's jacked up. Now, them going from Kimba to DeLon, right? Sure, you have your conversation about that. But 
it kind of goes back to what we went through with all the different contracts that were signed in free agency with Ricky Rubio and Corey Joseph, all those different guys. DeLon Wright, I would, it's not like, sign me up for DeLon Wright over over those guys. We did a point guard rating ranking for free agency, just straight up, not even contracts or anything. It'd probably go Kemba, Beverly, and DeLon Wright. Yes. As far as fits for for the Mavericks. I would yes, I would have rather had Patrick Beverly, but it goes down to those things too. Of you can't tell me like the moment that they were not in on Patrick or they didn't have the conversation with Pat Beverly after a free agency, all this they stuff. Probably, they, they knew, yeah, <laughs> they knew he was going back to the Clippers. They knew it's the same freaking agent as Luca. So what, like the. Yeah, I just never got the like, oh my gosh, you're not even going to have the conversation. This is so dumb. They're bowing out of Patrick Beverly. They're not even going after Patrick Beverly. What? Like, <laughs> they knew he was going to the Clippers. <laughs> like, so, yeah. It's just, we, we a lot of times when we don't get what we want, we start getting mad and we just start, like, anyway, I'm, I got us. Do you still think the, the, do you still think free agency was a failure? Not a complete failure. No, no. Is it what if we had what I DeLon, wanted? If they hadn't gotten DeLon right, it would have been a failure. I think you for, okay, free agency adding to the team? Yes. Yes, because yes, because they had an opportunity to add multiple pieces to these young, you know, these young stars and all of that stuff. Yes. But that once again, we got to see what they do, you know, if if they walk into next season, they and they honestly don't. If they sign Dorian and Chris Stops, and they just walk into next season, and they, you know, they didn't use any of that money. Now, if they swing a trade over the next couple, you know, couple days, and they bring in somebody else, you're like, all right, sweet, that changes a little bit of offseason. They use some of the money. They got creative with some of it. Uh, you could even argue if they swing for, you know, another guy and still keep the trade exception. Wow, that, that's pretty good maneuvering, you know, at that point. Um, but. Yeah, I mean it's it's not com- it's not complete failure. I I want I go back to my original statement I made at the very beginning. You can't convince me that the summer in which you signed you long term Kristaps Porzingis to go alongside Luka Doncic, you can't say that summer is a complete failure. You just can't convince me of that. <laughs> is it everything we wanted? Like I'm still frustrated with it, and yeah, I wanted bigger pieces and you know better pieces alongside that, but. I'm happy with DeLon Wright. I think that's going to be a solid signing that a lot of fans are going to like. And Cuban and them love DeLon Wright. Yes, they do. They love him a lot. He was the second call after Kemba said no. Which which also makes me think that that, that they knew Patrick Beverly wasn't coming. Because they would call 100%. Beverly before DeLon Wright. Right? 100%. You'd hope. Yes. yes. Man, yes. the Patrick Beverly, Danny Green you know, backcourt would, would have been great. Yeah, I mean, we don't know when they got the they they really liked Patrick Beverly. That was not an overstatement, and so them, you know, not being involved those first few hours, that they, they knew he was going back to the Clippers. Now the Danny Green Green thing we talked about a lot. They attached themselves to that once they bowed out of Kemba. They called Delon Wright and said, "Hey, well, <laughs> we're interested in you, you know, but we're focusing on Danny Green right now." And they waited that out. They struck out on that. We get that. Like we know, <laughs> we know about that. So. They still get one of the guys that they talked to at the very beginning of free agency and DeLon Wright. They just didn't get both of them like they wanted. Yeah. Free agency still has been disappointing for sure because there's so many many guys out there. We're not saying it's not disappointing. We're not saying that they didn't 
do the very best they could, right? Like I still think there are guys out there that were available. We we mentioned them the other day. There was not very many guys that were available that went to different teams that you know signed contracts the Mavericks could have given out. There's not a ton of guys like that, but there were guys out there that they could have gotten starters uh, that they could have gotten. And instead, they get Delon Wright, who's been a backup pretty much his whole career, and who will now come in and start. And he's you know shoved into that role, and we'll see how well he does. If he does super well, then we look back at the summer and say, "Man, that was a great summer." He got Seth back. He got uh, Boban, who's probably you know the president of you know whatever by then. Um, Did you see that picture of Cuban and with the shirt? Rick. I found that shirt. I found that shirt online. I'm gonna buy it. Oh, I freaking need this shirt. I can't wait to see the Boban shirts. It's like it's like as a kid and you're going to buy new shoes for like the new school year. And like your parents <laughs> take you and you're like, hey, let's go buy new shoes for the school year. And you roll up in there and like you walk out with Adidas. And you you didn't get a pair of J's. No, no, no. Here's, but you here's the analogy. No, no, no. You didn't, analogy, you didn't get right? a pair of J's. No, no, no. No, Listen, you didn't no, get no, a pair no, of I, J's. I have it. But, I have you didn't, it. but you didn't walk out with Reeboks. You you got Adidas. And it was like, all right, cool, solid, three stripes. Let's go. I'll try it. But, it, yeah, it's not one or the other. You don't get a pair of Jordans. You get a pair of Shaq's. Remember Shaq's? Remember Shaq's No, Shaq's shoes? is horrible. Like, no. <laughs> Shaq's is signing Julius Randle to $21 million. Shaq's is signing KCP and McGee again. <laughs> okay, what about Starberries? Like, you remember Starberries? Yes. Like, they're less they're, expensive. No, they're still shoes. You can still hoop in them, but they're just not no. as good. <laughs> those, are, those are summers for, like, the New York Knicks. That's like Fat Farms. Like, those, those oh, are the... wow. <laughs> like, that's that type of summer. Th- this was a decent summer. Like, this was a, a, a solid, you know, decent summer. But... Not that, you know, it wasn't a Jordan summer, but it was like a Reebok Adidas summer. And it wasn't like it wasn't like they went out. They came out of the store with Crocs either. Right. That would have been if they made a huge. That would have been if they made a huge mistake. They didn't make a huge mistake with cap at all this summer. Right. Like they still haven't done walking out with Crocs is trading for Kelly Olenek. Yes. Yeah. Like at the beginning of free agency. That's with your croc little, move. With okay? little pins on it. Remember the Crocs have that little, those little pins on them yes. with like the animals. Little and flowers. Stuff? That's what that would have been. Little, little lizards. Yes. And like ladybugs. Yes. yes. The horse champ. For Kelly Mavs Linnick. man would have been a little clip on there. It just would have terrified small children. <laughs> okay. Other things that Mark Cuban said. DeLon will be the shortest of our starters. Uh, yeah, and he's kind of showing, he's kind of showing off when he said that. And I found that really funny. This guy is going to be the shortest of all of our starters. Oh. <laughs> oh, really? No one's thought of tall basketball players before. <laughs> but Stop I think it. I think this is uh, – I think the Mavericks are going to attempt to be a team that switches on defense for the first time in the Dirk, like, like since Dirk has been on the team, right? Like this, They just yeah. haven't been able to do that with him and the other personnel that they've had. I mean, two years ago they were starting Dirk and – Andrew Bogut, that's not happening. There's no way that's happening. And so now, well, inside that they probably don't plan on starting Seth Curry either. Yes, uh, which which we kind of already knew from the Brad story the other day um, that they wanted to start a wing. But now it's it's between you know Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith, Justin Jackson. If they bring in Andre Iguodala, I mean that's uh, sign me up. That's please. great. That is great because he then please. comes in. I mean, imagine him as a mentor with Dorian and Justin Jackson. Hey, we talked about the need for another vet on this roster that is a part of the rotation. Vince Carter or Andre Iguodala, you had to choose. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I mean, Iguodala's better right now. I wish you guys could have seen that face Isaac just made. I'm just telling you, I'm picking Vince Carter over anybody in the freaking NBA. In the NBA, I'm picking Vince Carter, right? 
Also, Andre- KD, you want to come here? Sorry, Vince. Wow, that's that's very surprising. The other thing that Cuban care. mentioned on on the show was uh, that they're going to do load management with Porzingis. Um, so this is going to be disappointing for a lot of people, but he's probably going to play like sixty five games. Uh, I, I'm kind of happy with it. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm okay with it, but people going to games. Can you imagine you go to a game? Oh yeah, and you're like, oh, Porzingis is sitting. That's that's going to be sad, but. I mean, I think you're honestly going to see this with a lot of stars in the league. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, it's already been a thing. And Kawhi playing his, doing his like load management system and then capping off this finals run, I think it's going to add to Yeah, but people said it was going to be a thing when the Spurs did it and it didn't really catch on that much. Like people kept saying how dangerous it was. And remember, they started like finding teams or or reprimanding teams that, that rested guys for no reason after that. And, it was like Duncan and Tony Parker and Manny Ginobili would all just sit out in the same game just for no reason. It'd just be like DNP old, right? Wasn't that one of the things they did? And they did that for yeah. years. They rested guys like that. Maybe the Kawhi thing was the first time it happened outside of San Antonio. The people will actually try it. It's like when the Patriots do things and teams just can't replicate it. And then if some other team tries to do it, they're like, oh, now we can do it. They did it. We can, you know, we can go try and do this. Well, I think the fact that Kawhi seemed like an organized plan from the very beginning of the season. Yeah, like, premeditated. It, 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 it seems like Kawhi's rest days were literally planned at, at the beginning of the season. It's like they sat down at the, the calendar and said, all right, here's the days that you're going to be setting out this season. It felt like this, the Spurs thing was more, hey, we've had a rough stretch. Y'all are, y'all are just going to set out this game. Here's five guys that's just going to be setting out you know, this night in Miami or whatever it is. So. I think you're going to see more things like that. And honestly, if I want that for Porzingis, I want that load management management to happen. We want, you know, the best thing to keep him at a high level, you know, sustaining that level is the, the thing they need to do. Yep. And they will do it and it'll make people upset when they visit, when they, you know, go to games, maybe it's your one game you get to go to for the year. But uh, for the yeah. for the whole season, I think it's gonna be helpful. And uh, I mean, he's coming off of that ACL. He's been out forever. I mean, I think this is more understandable than a guy that you know wasn't injured last year that you know is gonna sit out next year, maybe. Yeah, I also I like what Cuban said about Delon Wright too. Kind of like the bullpen thing we were talking about is you know he basically said he gives us something at position we just don't have like no our other guys you know are the smaller walk the ball up type of guys and it's, you know delon Wright is the fast pace push you know he can push the ball but the size and everything so it's he he listens to this podcast isaac and that's a point we've been making <laughs> since the beginning he has been on this podcast loyal listener he has been on the podcast loyal listener mark cuban loyal listener <laughs> anything else you want to say about today was it what a random day um i saw i saw tidbits from danny green's podcast and i was gonna read this portion of it that danny said on his yeah I, I listened to most of that the beginning of that podcast and uh most of the beginning i listened to half of the podcast <laughs> and uh he just he was very very much considering the mavericks but yeah and he would even consider the Mavericks. He said he, he said he would even consider the Mavericks if Kawhi had gone back to Toronto. I don't know how true that would be. Even if he, even him saying that, I don't know how true that is. Um, yeah. But if Kawhi, I mean, if Kawhi had gone to the beat, beat the offer, if Kawhi had gone to the Lakers, he would have been a Maverick, though. I, I believe that from what he was saying. Yes. Yes. Um, 
his kind of view of Dallas. I wonder how other players feel if the they, other players feel the same and how if fans feel the same because this was his quote. He said they, as far as Dallas, expressed their interest, but at the same time, as much as I wanted to be there, I knew that it was going to be a building type of deal there, yeah. and it was going to take two or three years before they started getting into contention into a contender category. I felt it all depended on how KP health wise was and Luka Doncic coming up. A lot of things come into factor when it came to that. Shocking that we literally was just talking about this yesterday that their whole season rides on how, how healthy KP is going to be. And just hearing a veteran free agent say, Hey, like that they might still view Dallas right now as this building. Like they're still rebuilding. They're still on this. Why shouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I get that for sure, but I think a lot of a lot of people, this is where the lofty expectations come in. Of like, oh man, like we're this perfect situation for people. Like, why don't why don't big names come here? Why don't you know all this stuff? So, like, I think it, it gives you a little bit of perspective. Him saying that that you're like, okay, like we're still building up. That's how I got a veteran guy like him. And he talks about you know Lakers give him the shot now. I mean, yeah. the Lakers are one of the how many teams would you say realistically you would classify as a contender? Six, like a contender <laughs> for a, a title, which is a lot right now. Uh, no, 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 yeah, I know, I know. Like Clippers, Lakers, know, contending. Clippers, Lakers, Rockets. I don't believe that Utah can win a championship. I think they can make it to the finals or you know Western Conference Finals. I don't think they'll make it. Clippers, Lakers, Rockets, Bucks, uh, Sixers. I get. I don't even believe in the Sixers that much. And then I yeah I would put those four and then I would put like Philly and Utah together on the, on um, the second tier. Yeah, and then you know Denver, Portland, those guys yeah. probably mm-hmm. in that. Okay. Like Port Portland's one of the teams where like they're they are literally a move away for me. Put them in that same top category. Is the move not because- Hassan Whiteside? <sighs> I forgot about that. That could just propel them right <laughs> to the top. Stop. <laughs> that's not sarcastic enough for people to believe it was sarcastic. <laughs> um, this was, this is my last thing I want to say about the Danny green podcast. He goes, Dallas was genuine. They were great with pursuing and making me a priority and recruiting me. It was a really hard conversation where I felt pressured. <laughs> it was a really hard conversation where I felt pressured into making the decision quick because they put the heat on. But everybody in my family was like, be patient, relax, wait it out, and see what happens first before you start jumping into anything. And that Dang it, Danny Green. You- don't, don't listen to your family next time. <laughs> Jump into something. And that, that shows you, too, that you know Dallas came in hot. They came in hot with the offer. It was you know a decent offer. It you know Danny was fully considering and stuff. And he said it on that podcast before he made his decision, he said it on this podcast that they put the pressure, like there he was feeling the heat from Mark Cuban of like, please decide. And you know, he obviously waited out to go to Lakers. So it, once again, another situation that Dallas wasn't just sitting on their hands saying, Oh, we like Danny. Let's just wait it out to the end. It looks like Cuban and them were really on the phone with Danny Green saying, "Hey, we want to, you know, decide something. <laughs> like we, we want you. We, you know, there's other routes we want to go. There's other plans." And maybe that's where the report came that he, where uh, you know his podcast host said he's even considering not waiting. That he's considering making a decision yeah. before Kawhi. I mean, maybe that's where that came from. That pressure. because what happens to a scenario in which Cuban and them pull out? And Kawhi picks the Lakers, and Toronto's sitting there saying, stop. And Toronto's sitting there saying, we're not 
What? What did you? Nothing. I got a text. Nothing that you said was funny at all. I got a text from someone. Cuban cancels the offer on the table. I'm looking at Jason Momoa's dad bod. Give me a break. I wish I had that dad. I know, right? Uh, But no, like what? When Danny's talking about man, like he took a chance on these other teams waiting on him. There is a scenario in which what if Kawhi picks the Lakers, or what if Dallas? takes their offer off the table, pursues other options with their cap space and says, we're out on Danny Green. Then Kawhi picks the Lakers and Toronto's sitting there saying, hey, we'll bring you back, but we'll bring you back for like two years, 10 million to where you're getting like 5 million a year. At that point, Danny's pissed because he didn't take the, the, the Dallas offer before they took it off the table. So that that's where he kind of gambled a little bit and he bet on himself that Dallas was going to bet on him or, you know, and put all their cards into that. And that's where it came back to bite Dallas, obviously. Yep, there you go. I feel like we've been kind of consistent in, in our free agency takes, right? I feel like we've this whole time yeah. we've been like preaching patience, trying to stay positive, saying that things could still happen. A thing did happen with DeLon Wright. They got Seth Curry, got Boban. Yeah, I mean, I think I think just like everything, we need to see, before we can put a bow on how we can form our opinion on it, we need to see how they wrap everything up. Then we can address the offseason free agency from a, from a macro perspective because once they tie it up with Dorian or, or Porzingis, then the summer's basically done for, you know, until that, then we can analyze it. But once again, if they go out and use some of this flexibility right now and pull off a trade and bring in uh, Iguodala or James Johnson or somebody like that. And you're like, oh, okay, well, this changes things. If they walk you know, with those guys, and then it kind of changes your perception of what this offseason is some. So just wait, and then we'll, then we'll form our bigger opinions on it. Man, you're talking about putting the bow on it and then wrapping it. That was, that was such a great gift wrapping analogy. It was great. I appreciated it. Hey, Christmas is less than six months away. What? It's creepy. Isn't Christmas always less than six months away? <laughs> it does feel like that. Always feels like it's always right on, around the corner. All right, there you go. Random long podcast for a Thursday. Uh, random, lots of stuff happens. So that's the Mark Cuban comments, Summer League, all the signings, the trade exception stuff. Um, Isaac has now taken Arsenal out of our potential yes. EPL fandom. Guys, I, I'm really struggling with this right now because – Everton's making a strong push. I've gotten a lot of really cool things sent to me about Everton and like what they do in the community and how cool they are. And like, I feel like it'd be the more people would be more on board with us picking Everton, but then there's the Chelsea draw, not just Nike. Like I, I joke about the Nike thing. I want them to be a Nike club, but the fact that they have the American kid that is like brand new, they have a couple Brazilians that I, I like too. And William, I love David Luiz. Like, I have one of his like player tees from when I went to Brazil. I, I love him. So, and if I ever went to the UK, I've never been there before. I would probably go to London. So the chances of me viewing, uh, I think it's Stamford bridge, uh, in London where Chelsea and all that stuff is, it's probably higher than me going to Liverpool, but it's like, I want to pick Everton, but I'm battling with the Chelsea thing too, because yeah, we, and the fact that Chelsea, this was a huge thing too. Chelsea's in the champions league. Which where they play against you know the big teams from other leagues too like Barcelona, Real Madrid, PSG, and all those type of teams too. So that's kind of appealing because I'd like to watch that too. But I know if if we do pick Chelsea, people's gonna come at us and be like you pick the you know the big team. Y'all who cares? Like y'all are just bandwagon fans. 
But then I'm like, I want to pick Everton, but then if they suck and then I don't know hardly any of the players, it's going to be hard for me to really fully dive in. And so I'm, I'm battling right now. I'm really struggling, but we'll decide over the next day or so. I believe you can get through it and decide on this for us. Yeah. I mean, I brought my uncle in to, to hear the other pitches. So <laughs> there you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.